This is Life of an Architect, a podcast dedicated to all things architecture with a little bit of life thrown in for balance. Architects are using technology more and more, and with each passing day, more of this technology is available from the comforts of your cell phone or tablet. Are there applications out there that you should know about? Of course there are. Today's episode is brought to you with support from BQE Software. Hi everyone, I'm Bob Borson. And I'm Andrew Hawkins. And today we are talking about mobile applications that allow architects to do their jobs while on the go. Mobile technology has advanced spectacularly over the past few years, and trying to keep up with everything that's out there is a tall order for most people. Unless it's your job to keep up with them, or your name happens to be Andrew Hawkins. (laughs) I don't know about that, but all right. Today, finally, we're talking apps on the podcast. Is this a good day or a bad day? Yet to be determined. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that some people... I've already punted out? No. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. No, I mean, I let a couple people know what episodes were going to be coming downstream. Oh, yeah. And a few people said, oh, I'm really looking forward to that Apps for Architects one. Uh And I I was like... The pressure's on. Really? So we're going to talk about it. And since Andrew really loves his stuff and has lectured on it at national scale events, I thought it best for him to lead today's conversation. While I play the role of, what's that? And what does it do? And maybe even a little, why should I care? There's going to be a lot of that last one. I think so, too. I'm just telling you now. you're going to blow it out. It's a lot of, why should I care? There's going to be a lot of, and, <laughs> so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Well, presumably. Well, yeah, for me. But I represent the common man and woman. Okay. Over the age of. Over the blah, blah, age blah, blah, blah. of 17. <laughs> I don't know about that, but go ahead. I connect with today's... The Utes? Yes. All right. So presumably technology can make you more efficient with your tasks. I mean, that's part of the reason why we're talking about it today. And because you're more efficient with these tasks, you should be freeing up time to either A, do more work, or B, watch more TV. I definitely fall into the A camp on this. Definitely you do. Yes. I tend to use apps when I'm in weird places. Like a typical workspace is like when I'm sitting in my car waiting for my daughter to get done with whatever thing she's doing that I got there an hour early. So what do I do? I'm responding to emails, which I hate doing on my phone. Just letting you know that. Hate it. Yeah, I'd try not to do that at all either. That's why you like asked me today about looking at emails since I wasn't in front of a computer. Well, that's why we're talking about mobile apps, right? Because presumably these apps make the act of whatever you're doing on your phone or your tablet not suck. Let's hope. Yeah, that's the point. Because yeah. otherwise, why would you use them? <laughs> Unless you had to. I mean, it sounds fair, I guess. Well, that's, that's reasonable. What that's what I'm going with. Okay. But I'll, like, I'll do stuff at the grocery store if I'm waiting in line or if I'm at the airport waiting to get on my plane. It's those kind of stolen moments when I turn to my phone to be productive. And I'm not counting email looking at calendar, you know, having phone calls, that kind of thing. I'm talking about Instagram. Yeah. Which you know what? That should be an app that's on this list, quite honestly. It's not. I know it's not, but it should be. Well, but to me, it's... I might put it on there. That's too generic. Everyone knows about Instagram. That's the thing. I'm trying to find stuff that's not so... You got to, you know, lift up a couple of rocks to find some of these things as opposed to... If you have a phone, I skip the ones I think that you should actually know about in general. Well, okay. That's a fair point. My contribution was not going to be, check out Instagram. 
you know, but now it is, let's do it. No, no, oh. <laughs> it's, it's actually, I use two other applications along with Instagram. There's an app called Snapseed that I use and one called Instasize. It's how I edit and resize. Cause I do a lot of stories on Instagram, not mm-hmm. just regular posts. The format of the picture is different and you gotta be pro with everything you do. Sure. Man. Snapseed's the editing touch up. Yeah. And you can fix perspectives and you can do a lot of stuff with it. Yeah. And then Instasize will actually. But it just size it correctly. For yeah. Make sure that when I can resize it so I know what kind of product I'm getting before I go into Instagram. This is just a couple of freebies. They're not even on the notes for today. I'm curious as to why Instasize. You can size them within Instagram. Well, because I can size the picture on a colored background. So like I can size the picture and not just make it bigger or smaller, but I can put a different color behind it. I can make white. Oh, I gotcha. Because okay. now when you make the picture smaller on Instagram, it try to matches the color on the photo. Of it's the edge, b- yeah. Barf. I don't, like, I don't want somehow that. there's like sand or dirt at the bottom and now your whole background is this yeah. terrible tan. Yeah. I don't like Instagram trying to tell me what I should be doing. I want to make that decision for myself. <laughs> so that's what I think of apps and presumably this is part of what we'll be talking about, but much better. So I started this process by looking at my phone to see what apps I currently have on there. (laughs) And would you be shocked to learn that I have hundreds of them on my phone? Actually, I would. Yeah, I'm lying. I'd have none on there. (laughs) I was going to say, actually, I would be surprised if you you even had a hundred, if you even got that far. Oh, there's not even close. I don't even have a hundred things on my phone. I'm curious. I'm not talking about like, I got 24,000 photos on my phone. Yeah, I know. But I mean, like applications. How many do you have? Uh, well, do the ones that come pre-installed count? Well, if you just go to the application setting, you can go and look. It'll tell you exactly how many you have. Okay. Yeah, I got it right here. It says apps. Uh-huh. Wow. It's a lot. I'm going to blow your mind. Uh-oh. I'm so scared. You're just going to look. You ready? I'm going to scroll through it. This is like really great audio recording. It is, right? Look at this, what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone, you should see. It's amazing. You see this? <laughs> yeah. Scroll, 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 scroll. Oh my God. There's so much scrolling. I bet there's probably a hundred on there. I bet there's not. Go to general. Oh, my God. I have to hit buttons? Okay. All right. And then about? Okay, hold on. I wasn't actually even in general yet. Oh, settings. General. I know. Thank you. About. Let's do it. Applications. 110. Oh, look at Suck that. It. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. You made it. Nice. Nice. Yes. Uh, just because we're here and people want to know, I have 109 songs on my phone. That's so funny. Which, that's shocking because that I, is actually I stream everything. I don't put that stuff on my phone. I have 505 videos. I bet of the 505, maybe 20 are worth keeping. There would be of my daughter. I don't care about anything else. Yeah. Actually, I have 20,372 photos. 20,000? 20,372 photos. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. By comparison, I have 7,091 songs, Mm -hmm. 333 videos. Mm Mm-hmm. 4,001 photos mm-hmm. and 513 applications. God. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I mean, so there you go. You have applications you don't even know are on your phone. Yeah, probably. You installed them to check them out. Yes. I and did, then you're like, that's eh, what I did. And I don't really use it. And, and then I it's just kind of out of sight, out of mind. Don't uninstall it anymore. Yeah. You know, as part of the show notes, you need to do like some screen cap because the way you organize it, like nestled like these apps within this thing. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, people, I've seen it. It's madness. (laughs) Why is it madness? Because it's like you got to burrow in so deep sometimes. You have like a million pages. Yeah. And then in each folder, it's completely jam-packed with pages and pages worth of app. Uh Uh-huh. Like you can't look at it and just see it. You have to go, oh yeah, I stuck it in this folder. Click. 
And then I need to swipe 11 pages to my left to get to the thing that I don't even remember exists. Yeah. But that's why they're there. They're further back. So, well, we started by talking about like how many apps do I have on my phone? And I'll tell you, it's just because I don't really find a lot of them that useful. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if we're going to get into the distinction or rather if you're going to get into the distinction, like this is a great app to use if you're on a tablet. It's garbage if you're on a cell phone. Like some of the stuff, like I'm not sure I would do any editing in Bluebeam if I had the app installed on my phone. Yeah. But I would if it was on my tablet. Yeah. And I will say, because you were just sitting at my kitchen counter, you have a giant tablet, right? I do have a big iPad, the biggest one they make. That kind of changes how you might evaluate sure. some of this stuff. I think it does. I think most of the, for me and what we're talking about, a majority of these are for tablet applications, honestly. Yeah. Some of them do work on the phone, and there are some that are phone-centric. But for me, the idea of workflow and actually doing something, right, other than, like you say, answering emails or Instagram or something like that. Right. I need to have a tablet. I can't really do that on my phone. Well, the one thing that is nice, it's an Apple product, and you get to use a stylus on your iPad to Mm -hmm. do things. And I will say that one of the things, because I'm not a curmudgeon. I mean, maybe I am. I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to say for today's conversation... I'm open to new things. Yeah, okay. And if they're cool and they're valuable, I mean, I'm not like, you know, chiseling on rock is the way to go. I got you. I'm not that guy. But I will say that there are certain things, and this was, I mean, my website, The Life of an Architect, the actual like website, Mm -hmm. has like a thousand articles in there. And I pretty much know every single one of them. And so when I'm looking for a piece of information, I go, oh yeah, I don't necessarily remember when I talked about it, but I'll know, oh yeah, that episode that was called... The crummy pillow paradigm. It helps me remember stuff. Sure. And there's 50,000 images that are in the media library of my website. And I know all that kind of stuff. And I'm constantly searching through all that stuff. So, I mean, when I say what I'm about to say, just understand that I already have a pretty good way of dealing with a lot of content and data. And, but at a certain point, I like some paper products because I can't remember where everything is. Like I have notes on my phone. Like I'll wake up and I go, Oh, I need to think of this. I'll forget it if I don't write it down. Well, I don't keep pad of paper by my, I mean, I'm not that guy. Yeah. Or if I'm somewhere, I'll pull up my notes on my phone and I'll type it out real quick mm-hmm. just so I don't forget it. Then you never get back to it because. And then I can't find it later. I'm like, well, I got like a note from 2013 because in my haste, I stuck it on a note that I started like eight years ago. <laughs> I didn't start like a new note. Yeah. And I've sat next to you in seminars where you pull out your stylus and you turn your iPad and you're taking these notes and they're not neat and tidy and on college ruled paper. Yeah. They're, you got like nine things written on a single page. And I go, you have like 18,000 pages worth of stuff for what, if I was writing by pen, I could do in a couple of pages. Okay. And I go, how do you keep track of all this stuff? You just got to stay organized. I mean, I'm, look, I'm organized. <laughs> but I go, there's at a certain point, I go, it's too much. There's too much. I bet, I bet you have hard drives and you don't even know what's on those hard drives anymore. No, I don't. I know what's on all of them. Mm. I'm going to agree to disagree, even though, I can't, even though I can't prove it. That's fine. Because I know that, like, I don't think I've ever met a human being yet. Yet. I'm not saying they don't exist. Okay. That has some computer that some desktop that's 12 years old and it's just been sitting underneath their desk for a long time. And they're like, I don't even remember what's on that computer. Oh, well, yeah, I'm sure I have something like that, except I probably don't have that computer anymore. It's gone. I've taken the data off on it and put it on my new computer. Yeah, and it's just like you move from one house to another, and you just take that box and move it from this house to that house, and eventually you're like, I've been moving this box for the last four houses. I don't even remember what's in that box. 
and I haven't accessed it in 11 years. So obviously it doesn't have any value to me. Okay. I'm not sure I agree with the analogy, but all right. I'm just, I'm painting a picture so that all the people that are listening, they're going to fall into the Bob camp or the Andrew camp or somewhere in between. That's insightful. What I just that, that was really, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true. Yeah. It's either this, that, or the other, or the other. I, you know? It's going to be one of them. That's a wild prediction, my friend. Wild <laughs> prediction. I went out on a limb. Okay, so let's get to it. <laughs> right? Okay. And you're running point on this. Okay. So All right. So I'm just going to sit back and and enjoy this episode. Shoot as the holes in everything and talk about nobody's going to want to do that. I've got the best job in podcasting today. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So besides what you were talking about, I've talked about apps for... I mean, you mentioned a little bit, but I've given presentations to rooms full of people and all over the country and other places. Typically what I do is I start out when I start talking about apps and the app market for what we do, Mm -hmm. I always give what I like to call context and perspective. So I give some history about the reason that the app market is the way it is for our industry. Because when I used to give these presentations, somebody would come up and go, man, we really need an app that does this, or there should be something to make punch lists so much easier. There should be this, you know, the problem that you run into and that I try to give the context of is that it's not a big market, one. Right. There's not a huge audience for punch list app. Yeah, the idea that if, if you're going to design an app, you're not going to target a need from a very small niche market. Exactly. Because I put up, here's Angry Birds, and here's how many people have downloaded Angry Birds. Here's the most popular app I could find in AEC-centric, and it's 20-fold the amount of people that have downloaded Angry Birds versus sure whatever. I mean, have you played Angry Birds? It's amazing. I know, right? And everybody loves it. And so then on top of the audience is not large enough, the apps require some pretty specific knowledge to create. You got to be in the field and know what to do and then have the ability to make an app, which I feel like that's not something that happens really either. If I wanted to make an app that dealt with AEC, I'd have to go find somebody to make my idea reality. It's not like I could really sit down and start making it. I mean, I might could, but I'd have to quit my job and that would have to be my job. Well, actually, not to make it about this, but today's sponsor, Steve Burns from BQE, that's his thing. He was an architect. He wrote a software that suited his needs for office management kind of stuff. And it just kept growing and evolving. And now he didn't practice architecture anymore. He's in the business of making the very best platform for this kind of stuff. Like, you know, all the kind of things that we talk about in the ad. Mm -hmm. He's a rare guy in that capacity. Like you said, you kind of have to understand how this process works to such a degree to make it of value to other people that do it. Mm -hmm. The people that design apps are generally not those people. They're not the end user mm-hmm. if you're designing an AEC app. And then the financial scale is the last part of that that's way out of balance too, is because if I did go through that process and do it all, well, my app in order to help you do your punch list is now going to be $30. And while that's cheap for a piece of software, nobody really wants to pay $30 for an app on their phone. They're like, whoa, I barely paid 99 cents for Angry Birds. Yeah. I'm not paying $30. You know. It seems disproportionate. And so that's kind of the reason that things don't get built for our industry. It's a pretty niche market. And most of the stuff that I look at, actually, I'm adapting from somewhere else. So when I give this, like that, I break down lots of stats. And there's 20 pages of statistical data to, that I throw up on the screen. But since this is an audio version, I'm not going to bore you with all those numbers. Those images will be in the show notes. Maybe. My research of all of this and my setup. I break it down into several sections. Right. I don't want to give it a number because we may or may not get to them all. (laughs) But I'll talk about each one here real fast. I have broken it down into research, create, collaborate, present, document, manage, and then fun. You didn't give a number, but you just read them all. People can count. I know. It's fine. Each one of those, like 
the way that I broke this down in my mind is about going through the design process. Sure. And so from start to finish as to how I laid them out, I used to have a lot of different orders, but this is the one I finally ended up with. And so we're not going to talk about all of those, all seven I just listed. I think we're going to hit on a couple of them. The core. So that first section of research is about education and inspiration, just gaining knowledge about architecture or projects or materials. So there's apps in there for magazines. There's apps in there for specs and RCAT suites and all those kind of things. And we're not going to get into those. That's what I'm just going to kind of gloss over because I don't think it's a core element of the apps that you might use, but just realize that those are out there. The create section, which I think is really important. It's at the, at the heart of what we do. Creating is just designing and develop your ideas into something. So there's a, some categories in there that we're going to talk about. And then collaborate is talking about within your own office or your team or the clients or just in your overall sphere. Present, of course, is sharing your stories with others. Documenting is to review, analyze, and record. And manage is more about task management and workflow management and those kind of things. And then, of course, fun, but we're not going to talk about any of those either, but there's lots of, I mean, Angry Birds, come on, man. We got all that kind of stuff to do, but there are some actually architectural fun things. Anyway, so if we get to the heart of it, we're going to talk about apps that I have under the create section. And I'm going to start about those. We'll talk about sketching. And I'm sure you have some pretty serious thoughts about sketching on a tablet in that you don't think it's good. No, no, that's not true. Yeah? I will say that I have never dedicated the time, because I don't have a tablet. Yeah. I mean, I have an old iPad. I haven't dedicated the time to get used to the slight lag that exists every time I've kind of experimented. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I follow a lot of graphic accounts on Instagram and they'll do videos of them zooming in and pinching and rotating and twisting and drag this and drop it. And I go, amazing. Mm -hmm. There are people that clearly have come to peace with how these things work and have mastered it to where awesome. And they're designing in layers. And I go, I'm envious. It's like, I wish, I wish I liked bananas, but I just don't. Right, because they're like they're so easy to eat. They're way easier to peel a banana than there is to peel an orange. Yeah, I just don't like it. Yeah, I want to like working digitally in a sketch app. I'm just not there. I get it. I get it. I see those same things too, where I'm envious of people that can just plop down and start going with the pen on the tablet and create these wonderful works of art. But I just feel like they're ahead of me anyway, like because they could do that on a sheet of paper. And I couldn't do it on a sheet of paper either. Well, okay. So it's like, well, okay then. To that point, I go, it would work really well with the way my process works because I'm a, like a trace paper guy. Yeah. I'll rough something out really quick and then I go with another layer and I'll kind of refine it and a new piece and refine it. And I go, those things are made for that process. Mm -hmm. So for me, maybe part of it is like I had a, a digital pen that mm -hmm. I actually liked. The nib broke on it like really fast, which made me really upset. But it had a very, very small point on it but it had a little plastic disc at the front. You kind of see through it so I yeah. could see what it, where I was connecting. And when I draw a line, where I was drawing a line was always just like a, a little tick behind where my pen was. Mm -hmm. I just didn't like it. It took me out of my head, which is the whole you. point of me sketching is stay in my head and not have this filter of technology. But I'm sure that if I practice, I could overcome that. Sure. I feel confident. Prime example of one of the apps that's on my list for that, it's called Morfolio Tray. And I'm sure you've heard of that app. Probably. Maybe. I have. And it works a lot like trace paper, where you can layer on, layer on, layer on a new sheet of trace paper and draw and refine and draw and refine and, and in the end have a single sheet that's got your idea on it. 
it's been around for a while, and I know a lot of people that like it. And I've talked to a lot of people about it. And it's a sketching app that, again, works like an old roll of trace paper where you can start with a base drawing and then build up multiple, multiple layers. And in the end, wad up all the other ones on the bottom, essentially, and have your final piece. That was one of the apps. The other is under sketching. Actually, there are two that I think are the best out of my list of four, as you were saying. So the four that I have are Tayasu Sketches. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. I'm sure it's going to be Tayasui. Tayasui mm-hmm. Sketches. Moleskin, of course, like the notebook that you can buy. Morfolio Trace. And then Autodesk Sketchbook. Those are the four apps that I think are, my personal opinion, the top four for just straight out sketching. There are several others on my list. There's about nine that are based for sketching. And one of the big things that I think for me is that they stay up to date. So if the app hasn't been updated in a year, I'm like, well, it gets marked off the list. It might have been good when it came out, but then I just pull it out and it's gone. Sure. Because it hasn't been updated. So those are the ones. But the Tayasui Sketches is a great drawing app. And that's all that it's for. And it has multiple pen widths and pen styles and It can be a fine tip pen, it can be a marker, it can be watercolor, they can do all these sort of things. It's a really great artist board type of app. And then Moleskin is a little bit simpler in its creation. It's like a normal notebook. And it's got the ability to have some colors and pen weights and things like that, but it's not as robust as the Tayasui sketches. So organizationally, the Moleskin one is pretty nice. But as far as really getting into the drawing aspects of things, the Tayasui Sketches app is great. We'll be right back with more Life of an Architect. So Andrew and I are sitting here with Steve Burns, FAIA, the Chief Creative Officer with BQE Software, and we're here talking about BQE Core. Architects think more about the sustainability of their designs and serving their clients more than they think about the sustainability of their firm and serving their employees. Steve, can you tell me how BQE Core can help bridge that gap? The way I've distilled this is firms will have project managers for every one of their projects. Very few small firms will ever assign a manager, dedicated manager, to run the office and treat the office with the same level of concern that they do their projects. If anything has to be done, it's the project. It's the deadlines that are always around a project because the client's paying them, but the firm doesn't pay themselves. But I think that they really ought to rethink who's important here because if your firm isn't going to be in business, then your clients aren't going to be served either. I don't mean to make it sound very drastic, but most firms just, as I mentioned earlier, they don't have the means to hire a person to focus full-time on their business. And so what BQE Core is really doing is taking over the responsibility in a way of doing all the business analytics that a firm needs to understand, is this client really worth it to me to keep investing in them? We had a customer come to us talking about the most important client. It was the first client who hired them, who really established the firm, gave them the opportunities, and they've been a repeat client over and over the years. And they said, this is our most important client. What we did through our software is to share with them the fact that that client was actually their worst client. This is the least profitable client. They abused the architect. They could never really charge them additional services because they felt that was going to really damage the relationship. And all the time that they put towards that, which consumed a lot of their staff's time, could have been put towards other projects with other current clients or new clients or getting more work from people who bring them more profit. So we sometimes can't see ourselves. We think we know ourselves really well, but the data will never lie to you. It'll tell you the truth. So for example, I can actually talk to Core now and I'll say, 
who are my three worst clients? Who are my three best employees? Well, Bob and Andrew and Steve are your top three employees, and they'll tell you what. <laughs> I like that. Always. Me too. Yeah, That's right. Like that. That's so, so the software is capable of analyzing what's going on, which clients are the best, which project managers are the best, which principals in the firm are the best, which employees are doing the best. We basically are doing it by analyzing your data. It's not anything that Archeoffice was ever able to do. It had no business intelligence. It was just data being returned, and you had to have the intelligence. So now software has BI, business intelligence. AI is burgeoning and is becoming more and more interesting to me. In the beginning, I used to dismiss AI as well. So the software is basically taking over the ability for you to look at the firm, understand your firm, because when you talk about sustainability and architecture, there's a lot of data you're looking at. What are these materials like based on a long period of time? Or if your lead is right. monitoring right. this over a period of time, what you're monitoring is literally data. So we're tracking data and helping your firm become stronger, more sufficient, and be able to focus and deliver better work, better product for your clients. Well, it's interesting because you actually said a few things that I think that a lot of architects would find great value in, and that is without having the business background to understand how to get the data that they need, the software, you've already figured out how to answer those questions. They just have to ask the question. Steve, thanks for being with us today. We appreciate the time. That was a great pleasure. Well, thank you very much, Bob and Andrew. I really enjoyed this. It was a little daunting to come in here and see these fancy microphones and, <laughs> and two men in black. Nothing but uh, the best for yeah, you, Steve. Yeah, That's how we yeah, roll here. Yeah, I so. appreciate it. I, I love your podcast. I love your blog. I think what you two are doing is just phenomenal. And uh, clearly, there is a need for it in the community. So thank you. Let's hope it stays that way. I know it will. Well. <laughs> All right, Steve. Cheers. Cool. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, Steve. Since we spoke with Steve earlier in the year, many things have changed. COVID-19 is forcing architectural firms worldwide to work remotely for the unforeseeable future. BQE Software is committed to supporting you and your employees during this critical time. BQE Core's suite of practice management products are 100% cloud-based, which makes it uniquely able to help you in your efforts to embrace remote working while maintaining your productivity. So BQE and Steve Burns, in response to the COVID-19 situation, are giving Life of an Architect podcast listeners three free months of BQE core services with the purchase of an annual subscription package on or before May 31st, 2020. Go to bqe.com forward slash LOAA to learn more. Under that, also in the creation part, I have what I'm calling image making, which is not necessarily for sketching, but I use these a lot because I'm a, I'm a big sort of mind mapping flow chart kind of person all right and so there's an app called graphio now i think it's called graphio 4 but i think it's because it's the fourth version i thoughts with a lowercase i mind mapping mind meister is the funny thing so what are i mean okay uh, let me just keep there and then concepts these are apps that i use i used to use them a lot to make graphics a little bit more refined graphics. I have flow charts or I have organizational charts when I had to do SOQs. Or if I wanted, for example, I have office standards where I have a submittal flow chart. Like here's what we do with the submittals in our office. And so I make this flow chart and I use these apps to do it because it's very intuitive and it's easy. And I mean, I guess if I wanted to, I could do it in Photoshop, but these apps, they're geared more towards this. So they're set up and they're sort of template things that I can use, shapes and all these sort of things that help me make graphics that aren't 
hand-drawn graphics, but I'm doing them by hand, if that makes sense. Okay, let me ask you a question. Sure. I'm pulling out my bazooka. Do it. I'm aiming it at your wheels. Do it. I'm about to shoot them off. Go. So what about these as mobile? They're just, it's like, might as well be talking about Photoshop. No, but they're on my iPad. I know, but they but they could just as easily use them on a computer, right? I mean, if you're building graphics for your statement of qualifications, submittals, I'm assuming at some point you're going to be on a computer. I am. Well, I mean, so what's mobile about that? Or is it just, well, it's on my tablet, so it qualifies. Well, it's on my tablet, so it qualifies, but it's also, I mean, what are you asking is what's mobile about it? So in my mind, when I think of app, I think of these portable things that are kind of highly specific to doing a certain kind of task or function. Mm Mm-hmm. So like AutoCAD, I wouldn't consider AutoCAD a mobile app because I'd be using that on my computer, like a proper computer. Sure. And I go, some of these, it sounds like what they do, you would be on a proper computer doing it at some point. So why not just do it on the proper computer? Like what makes it useful as a mobile app? I don't know, I guess. See? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess to me, they're just more intuitive because they're on a tablet. I mean, I'm used to the gestures and I can do things. And I can do this wherever I want. I can do this sitting on the couch watching TV. And part of this is so like you can use a stylus to do some of this work as opposed to... Yeah. Having, having to, to use a mouse to try to draw lines and do these kind of things. Okay. That's one answer. As to how you interface yes. with that app. Yeah. And to me, these that I'm calling image making, they're easier to manipulate because I can use my stylus. And I would also assume that part of what makes them mobile... This isn't just the platform, but there's also like a price point associated with these. Oh, yeah. They're super cheap. Yeah. These are or really... free. <laughs> These are really, really cost-effective ways to accomplish something. So even if you're working on it in a mobile application and then you're forwarding it on yourself to incorporate while you're on your desktop version of your computer, mm-hmm. they still have value. Sure. For these, for example, for these ones I'm talking about, these mind mapping things or these flow charts, I'd sit and I'd be able to make them again while I was in the airport or while I'm flying on a plane somewhere. And then I just export them as either a PDF or a JPEG and they get stuck into the rest of my work. But for me... I can use these apps to make something a lot faster. I mean, I feel like I'm pretty efficient in Photoshop, but not to the point of if I was going to do some sort of hand sketching, hand design in Photoshop, I'm going to have to draw it and then scan it and then bring it in. There's this whole process and this sort of... Now, that is something that... Gets that away from that, right? Where it's already digital and I don't have to do it. And that's kind of an important point to make because I will say that a lot of times, because I create almost all the graphics for the website. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll do a sketch and then I'll have to go scan it and then I'll have to open it up into Photoshop and then I'll have to edit it and then export it out to be the size that I want it to be Mm -hmm. so that I can then bring it into my blog post. And it would be a lot easier if I just stayed within the same platform to create that app and then just transferred it over. Yeah. And this helps with those things, I guess, as part of it. Okay. So, and then as we move on, I'm going to talk about development within this creative part. And these are some that are really phone centric is Magic Plan and Room Scan. Those are those apps that you can get and make floor plans. Mm-hmm. They're starting to get pretty refined. When they first came out, they were a little rough, but now Magic Plan is my preferred one. If I go to an existing site, I can walk around and with just my phone start making a floor plan with dimensions by using my camera. Are you familiar with that application or how that works? I've seen you talk about it before. <laughs> okay. So in that capacity, but no, I've never used it. Oh, okay. So it's like if I, we were in this room, I'd pull up my phone and I'd have the camera image this corner and I'd pick the bottom corner of the floor and I'd pick the top corner and I'd say that was eight foot. And as I go around the room, it starts to draw this thing for me and I pick points like corners of the doors and then the next corner in the room 
And if I just stand in the center room and do a 360 and tap all these points in the room, it lays out a plan for the room based off of the first dimension that I give it. Somehow it magically figures all that out. How accurate is that? It's pretty accurate, honestly. What does that mean, though? An inch? Yeah. See, my old, so? at my old job, that's terrible. I, that has no value to me. An inch off? I couldn't use it. But if I'm doing like really broad sweeping, kind of like an inch doesn't matter yeah, kind of stuff. Well, for an interior thing, maybe not, right? Yeah. I mean, an inch could kill you, but in a certain stage of development, I think it's okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not making as-builds with it. Yeah, but does that mean then you got to come back and do it again for real later? No, because I wouldn't use it on a project that I knew I was going to have to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it, it has its applications. It's conceptual. Yeah. I know a lot of like realtors that use it because they don't care. Well, they don't need it. You know what I'm saying? They're, they don't need that level of accuracy. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing. But if it's an initial thing or if it's I'm doing conceptual stuff, well, that's fine. Or if I know it's not going to matter if I'm doing, you know, if it's a, a warehouse or something crazy where an inch isn't going to kill me. Right. Then it's okay. But if, it, if I'm doing some sort of really tight interiors thing. All right. I'm, all right. All right. I'm good. Okay. Um, but that's specifically on your phone. I mean, I think they have one on the pad, but I can't imagine trying to use my tab, navigate the camera around the middle of the room. The one thing that I really wish apps were better at is actually interfacing with our software that we use mm -hmm. on a regular basis. And I'm surprised. SketchUp only has a viewer. Like, that's the only thing that you can do. There's a mobile viewer, so you can load your model into it and spin it around and do all the normal stuff of a viewing, but you can't manipulate anything. Yeah. Which is kind of weird to me because I feel like if I could draw things on SketchUp on my tablet and then pull those into 3D and work with it, I think that would be pretty useful. But no such luck at the moment with doing that. And Autodesk has a SketchUp-like app, actually, that's called Formit, which is actually getting better. But again, they have a desktop version as well. So this is just a supplement of that. But if you are out and about, it allows you to do some simple 3D modeling. If I was sitting with a client, I could actually sit down and 3D model some stuff and then be able to take it directly from that into Revit and it not be stupid lines. Yeah. It's actually got some, some intelligence to it, Okay, which I think is interesting. And then for all those ARCHICAD people, there's one that's called BIMX. Which I've, I've seen that one in work. It's pretty slick. Yeah, which is a real tool. So Because I know we talk about that a lot, or we have. It comes up a lot, the ARCHICAD thing. And so that app is well, you, you specifically can, You can load that. your model in, and then you can say, well, let's slide through here, and let's zoom in on that, and let's cut a section through here. And mm -hmm. As an interface, when you're presenting something to someone else, it works. Mm -hmm. It works easy. And that's not to say the other ones don't work easy. I just... You're not familiar with them. I'm not familiar with them. I know. All right. So, and then we move into what I call Collaborate. Which, again, used to, when I started this, I had to talk about different cloud options and different communication apps and all these sort of things. But to me now, most of those things are commonplace. Dropbox and Google Drive and Google yeah. Docs and all that stuff. So I don't really do that. When I start to think about Collaborate now, it's more about the ability to comment, revise, and review work, which is where, to me, some of the most powerful things that we have comes into play, like Blue Beam and Plan Grid. And then another one is I Annotate PDF. If you're familiar with Bluebeam and PlanGrid, those are really AEC-specific instances. And I know you use Bluebeam in your office, and I use it in my office too as a desktop version, but this just allows me to take it out into the field and do the same thing and have it integrate with the stuff in my office. Right. I've seen contractors use it on the, in the field. They love it. Yeah, which I think is great. But like Bluebeam, for example, that's probably a go-to punch list application. 
So when you're walking on site, you can create a punch list. And as soon as you walk off the site, you've got an actual punch list document and you're kind of done, which is super nice. Well, you know, we've talked about it before. And I will say that the first time I was introduced to Bluebeam, the contractor was like, oh, I built in all this intelligence to the PDF that I brought in. So now I can click on any elevation and it'll bring me to that elevation in the drawing set mm-hmm. from my tablet that sure. I'm walking around with. And if I want to take a picture, I can say, I'm standing here looking in this direction. Click, here's a picture. So, you know, he pulls up a screen and it's got all these green dots that are all over the place. And if you click on one of those dots, it loads the photo that was taken from that spot. And I go, that's amazing. <laughs> that stuff's great. Yeah. And that's even basic level stuff when you start talking about Bluebeam. And what it can do? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's great. I mean, along with Plant Grid, Plant Grid is very similar. It's not quite as advanced, I don't think, but it's still a really good construction document. Well, let me ask software. you about all these. Yeah. So is the mobile version the same as the full-blown version that's on my desktop? It depends. Because like on Bluebeam, it isn't cheap. We love it. It's a subscription-based product. Oh, for your desktop. And so do I lose functionality when I go to a portable version of it? No, not that I'm aware of. And does it cost the same? No, it's much less. Interesting. I actually bought it on the mobile platform first before I bought it for my desktop. I'm pretty sure that's originally how it started out. That's how I understood it. As a mobile application, and they finally moved it to the desktop. But they've got different versions. Yeah. Like different levels of the software, like view and review and... Extreme. Yeah. And so it depends on the functionality based on what you purchase for that. I'll tell you this real quick before we move on. I have the review version at my desktop at the office. Mm -hmm. And there's a young woman I work with. She's intense. She's really good. She's got the extreme version. Yeah. I kind of got my feelings hurt a little bit. (laughs) I was like, wow, don't I need the extreme? Yeah. (laughs) I don't, for for the record. (laughs) That's funny. But I will say the one thing that I do love about it but I don't know if this is an app version, but they have a, well, let's not turn it into a Bluebeam app. This doesn't matter. Cause I was like, Bluebeam sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we talk about present and presentation. That's just sharing your work. And there's a lot of different apps for that, which again, mostly are with the exception of the first two I'll, I'll mention kind of live on desktop versions as well. Right. I mean, it's just a mobile version of keynote or PowerPoint, mm-hmm. those type things. But portfolio for iPad is actually a, photography portfolio application that I found I could use as a architectural portfolio application. It's essentially, it's just you're building your portfolio that you can have on your iPad all the time and walk around with it. And then Haiku Deck is a application that is essentially like a PowerPoint, but it's just a little bit nicer. It does some more interesting things. Of course, you know, I use iBooks because I use PDFs to present a lot. And that's just a clean way to flip through PDF. You know, I use that too because of you. Yeah. And I will say, so my contribution to this section is the thing that I like about it is it allows me to not worry about the interface between what I have technology wise versus the room I'm standing in and their ability to interface with my technology. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the number of times I've gone somewhere and they don't have like an adapter or they're like, what, you're on a Mac? We only have PC stuff. And you're like, garbage. How do I deal with this? Mm -hmm. So I ended up buying a single adapter plugged into my iPad and I would put my presentations into iBook as PDFs and boop, never had a problem with it ever again. Yeah. The one thing I will say that I don't love, because it's based how I present, you're swiping through it. So when you see slide one and you go to slide two, you actually see slide one like disappear, roll off the screen as slide two. It's not this transition. Yeah. 
A lot of times I'll use a slide and, and rather than nestle, because I don't use PowerPoint. I mean, I, I can, but instead of having things like just phase in on a like, single yeah. slide, I'll here's use the different first bullet, slides. Here's the second bullet, here's the third bullet, yeah. Yeah, because another casualty I've happened is when this happened when I gave a keynote at the AIA Florida State Convention, mm-hmm. and they asked me to send them my PowerPoint presentation ahead of time. So I did. And then when they loaded it, it like compressed everything down. So I might have one slide that had nine transitions in it. And it was just one slide and, and all it, nine popped up. And all nine are there at once, oh. right? Yeah. And it's garbage. And you're like, man, I put effort into this. Yeah, you're like, that's so like, I'm supposed to I don't do. like doing it anymore. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, again, there are things that I don't like about it, but I was never a big animation person. So that's why it works for me. So those are presentation apps that are out there. You want to move into my documenting segment. The biggest one here for me is note-taking. Because as you mentioned previously, I take a lot of notes on my iPad. So NoteShelf is my favorite note-taking app. It's got $2 signs. I know, because you have to pay for it. Yeah, I think it's like $9. That's one of my favorites. Because it, again, it allows you to have different notebooks. And it's set up kind of like iBooks. So I have these little shelves with all these different notes. So I can use, typically what I use those things for is a notebook for a project. And I'll have the first meeting we ever have all the way through construction. If we're sitting in a meeting, I can just scroll back. So, so but I have everything. Yeah, you have it all there, and you can scroll through it and go, nah, Bill, on. Oh, not just that, but I. 1974, yeah. you said this. Yeah. And also, they're always with me. I understand I could do the same thing in paper, but then I'd have to have 20 notebooks for the 20 projects, and I'd have to make sure I grab. Not unless you're going to all 20 meetings for those projects in the same day. I know, but what I'm saying is I'd have to make sure I was going to grab that specific notebook where now I don't have to worry about it. They're all there. No, of course. At some point, do we, this is not today's episode, but like I assume all the stuff is backed up redundantly. Of course. In 12 places. Four at least, yeah. Yeah, all right. I, know, I see bear traps all over the place. But when I close out the project, then I just I PDF the whole thing and it just goes into somewhere else and I don't have it anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know. None of this makes sense to you. No, every bit of it makes sense to me. I just, half the stuff I go, so what? I still do that. <laughs> I'm unconvinced. But that's supposed to be part of what this show can be about, right? Yeah. We don't have to agree with each other all the time. We, in fact, we frequently do not. I know. I right? Know. And so for some people, what you're talking about, I mean, I can see the value of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no question. I go, yeah, sure. that makes sense. I can see why having all your notes with you for any project all the time would be of some use. Yes. For sure. But I go, legally, not that I've ever needed it, but a lawyer would probably rather see my notebook with no pages removed from it as a record of notes than your digital PDF that you've archived on your server someplace. Because you can edit that and delete pages and add stuff after the fact whenever you want. I can do that to the paper notebook just No, you can't. No, you can't. Why? You can't. If you remove a page, they're going to know it. You can't add a page to a book. Part of what gives it value is when you say, I wrote this down on this day. Mm -hmm. It's sandwiched by all these other days to where you can't as easily go in there and change the date of something that you wrote. And you can't add a page in. You can't take pages out. That's that's why a lot of people, the notebooks they use are numbered. I can add stuff, though. I mean, like, if there's white space, I can still write it. I can still say, oh. You can. You I can. don't think it's any different. No, I'm telling you that it is different. This is not a matter of Bob's opinion. This okay. is a legal precedent. They would much rather see a notebook that has, like, numbered pages in it. Okay. That show that you haven't deleted anything. Okay. That has value to it. Okay. I'm saying score one for the analog version. Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, <laughs> let me put it this way. 
my current lawsuit that I'm in, they did not ask for a single piece of paper. Yeah, but your lawsuit's a money grab. But they asked for discovery. We had discovery. They said, send me everything on a thumb drive or a Dropbox. Yeah. They never even mentioned, do you have notebooks? Do you have files? Do you have folders? Do you? No, they said, send me everything on a thumb drive. Yeah. So now I don't know if the assumption was that I would just scan stuff if I had papers, but there was no physical transaction of information. Like, here's my book. Yep. Oh. Yeah. I have seen it. I have seen it where there's like, you got to Xerox that stuff. I'm sure. I'm sure. But I just, I don't know. Like, that's only assuming that you are okay not getting it back, which people don't want to hand over their notebook with the idea that. That's true. I, I can see your point. Well, if somebody's listening to the show, just drop, just, if you're listening to the show and you know, like, you know, send, let me know. If you're an attorney. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's like. Or if you're an architect and you went through this process and you're like, I got burned because of A, B, or C. I'd like to know. I have a few others. Evernote, which is really popular. A lot of people know about Evernote. That's one that applies to everybody. Right. But there are also tons and tons of other ones in this category, and I'm certain everybody out there has their favorites. These just happen to be the ones that I like. If you have some that you think are better than what I listed, drop us a line. Hit me up in the show notes or the comments for this episode. The last one I want to talk about is management. And the, this is a heartbreaker to me in reality because there's an app called Wonderlist that I used that I've been using for years. Um, and they just sold out to Microsoft like in December of 2019. It was the greatest thing ever, I thought, for me because it was task management and calendar management and all these sort of things. But it linked across all my devices, my phone, my tablet, my desktop which is really important to me. I do know you love this one. And we've could, talked about this. And I could send, like I could be out in the field and I could assign tasks to people in my office because it was shared across my entire office. So if I was out somewhere on a job site and I could say, well, Jim, Bob, you need to look at this in the drawings and we need to find an answer. I could do that while I was there. So I didn't forget. And I could assign it to someone and give them a due date and all these sort of things. It was great. And they just got bought out or they just sold out to Microsoft and it's going to disappear. I, you know, I wonder because, because my office, we use Microsoft products and they have a platform called teams Hmm. and it does the things that you're talking about. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Interesting. Well, I mean, I think they're turning this one. This is, is it Microsoft to go? I can't remember what it's called and I haven't tried it out yet. And I, when I was looking today to review this stuff, now the app page says, oh, we've sold out to Microsoft and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Is that how they phrased it? Yeah. <laughs> we sold out? <laughs> no, maybe they said we sold. But anyway, there's another one that seems to get a little bit of attention, and it's called Action by Moleskin, which I haven't tried. But it looks like it might be interesting because I think as architects, Moleskin is a well-known brand to us. And I think they tend to lean themselves more toward the creative types. And so that might be an interesting one. You know, I'm kind of wondering if someone's going to say, uh, you know, it's Moleskine. Is it? Yeah. Is it? It is. Are you sure? Yes. All right. I've heard it pronounced Pretty all sure. kinds of ways. Actually, I heard it called Moleskine my entire life until about a year ago. Yeah. And somebody went all up in my business. About it's Moleskine. I have no idea. I've never met anybody that works there. I haven't either. To get a proper a proper word. Yeah, I don't know. I've been corrected that it's Moleskine. So now I got to look into that. If you work for them, Moleskine or Moleskine, either one, send us a line. My vote is Moleskine. That makes sense. Because if you look at how it's spelled. Yeah, I know. But again, it's one of those things I don't know. Because I don't know the origin of the word. The world may never know the answer to this question. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but they can get an answer to what question? What question that's coming up? The best question. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm totally prepared. Okay. To move on because while you're probably happy to keep talking tech, <laughs> I am maxed out. 
I'm sure. for one I know. sitting. Your eyes have already glazed over. And I'm ready to feed my analog soul with this episode's <laughs> hypothetical question, especially since I know it's ridiculous. And believe me, when I put when I wrote this one, I was like, I'm going to get him with this. Like all these different kind of rules. <laughs> You're like, he's going to assume this, and I got that. I'm going to come back at you. All right. I'm, so, I'm ready. All right, ready. here we go. This is a good one. In the sense that it's like terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, here we go. If you had to either exist three times larger than you are now or five times smaller, and it had to be one of the two at all times, but you could switch between those two at will, which version would you prefer? So you're no longer six foot three. Yeah, eight. I'm either always three times as large or five times as small. There's no in between. Yeah, you're either eighteen foot nine inches. Yeah. Or if it were me, I'm six one. I two would be two and two and five sixteenths yeah. of an inch tall. So I'm eighteen foot three or two and a quarter inches. That's it. hundred percent of the time, one or the other. That's like a terrible option. There's a lot of issues that I think come with that, just in general. But for sure. You know, I thought about it. I thought about it, I thought about it. And I think in the end, I think I would spend most of my time as the smaller version of myself. I think. Yeah. But there are times I had to walk to work. Oh, I'm 18 feet tall because <laughs> I'm going to go faster, you know? But if I'm just hanging around the house, I'm going to be two inch how do you, me. How do you drive? You got to walk. Yeah. And so I'm always 18 foot tall. Or if I had to drive, I'm just riding with somebody else. Yeah. You got to get a chauffeur. Well, I'm assuming for you, your wife, or for me, maybe somebody, my daughter, I don't know. My wife a is- A work compatriot? I don't know. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're like, hey, man, you'd have to go to your 18-foot version when you ask that question. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> you're going to drive me to yeah. work. I need you to do this <laughs> for me. And they're going to go, oh, okay. So would you make yourself smaller when you're eating? I think so. Because you're like- Yeah, because you'd never get full. You're like, is one piece of pizza and go to two and a quarter inches tall, and you're like- Oh my God, this wheel of pepperoni is like the size of my garage. Yeah, right? I think so, for sure. Yeah, and then you make yourself big. But then I might be hungry. I have to wait a while. But I was trying to figure out, for me, it was the how small is small? Because, you know, we changed it earlier because it was like infinitesimal small. Yeah, originally when I wrote it, it was, it was 10 times smaller. Yeah, that was like nanoparticle small. Well, because what we decided, it's not, no, it was actually, it was 50 times smaller. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. And so we had to clarify, hey, when you say 50, it's not 150th. That's not how I intended it, right? Because then you just divide your height by 50, 50. And that gives you a number. So it wasn't one. It was 50 times. So that'd be you're six foot three, then you're three foot one, and then you're 18 and a half. And next thing you know. You're just, every time you're splitting yourself by two. We got down to after six times or something like that, you were a 16th of an inch tall. And I'm like, you're not going to exist at 50. Like, yeah. You're hanging out on dust spores. Right. So I go, well, that, yeah. that's not the point. Yeah. And then we decided, we said, well, why don't we just do three times larger or three times smaller? Well, that's super creepy. Yeah. That was really weird. Because the three times smaller made me nine and a half inches tall, <laughs> which, you know what? If you saw. That's just so strange. Nine and a half inches. I think that might be the most horrifying thing I can imagine. Like someone just walked in and they're nine and a half inches tall. Yeah. I'm literally, I'm trying to imagine what that would be like. I'd be out of my mind. It's so weird to think about. Because I'm assuming you're proportionally exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like you're a kid. It's just weird. 
It's so, so bizarre. It's demonic. Yeah, it's weird. It'd be freaky. I think it'd be even freakier than if I was 18 foot tall. I'd You'd look and go, oh, radiation. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, something. Yeah. But if you saw nine and a half inch tall Bob, you'd go, the devil. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, and here's why. Here's why I think that. I was trying to think about like what that would be like. And I was thinking about what is something that like cockroaches and lobsters are not that far apart. I think Jim Gaffigan talked about this once. And he's like, you know, there's only one genetic step difference between a cockroach and a lobster. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if you moved into your house and like just randomly some lobster went skittering across the floor, you're like, we got to move. Right. Like I'm not like that'd be terrifying. A nine and a half inch tall human being that just like, Walked in the room. Hey, what's for dinner? I'm out. I'm out for sure. Yeah. But from a practical standpoint, I think you'd have to spend your time as the small version. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking. When I was thinking about it, I was like, well, being small would not be cool, but it would be so much easier than being 18 foot tall. Yeah. Here's another thing to think about. You have to spend your time as a small person. Let's say you got to go to the bathroom. Yeah. 18 foot Bob is going to break a toilet. Little two and a quarter inch Bob is going to go to the bathroom on the counter. <laughs> and then 18 foot Bob's going to wipe it up with a paper towel. I guess. If I could find it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I meditate. I make I don't do that other stuff. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> you couldn't just like perch on the edge of the toilet. No. As you're two and a quarter, like you could fall you'd in. You'd fall in and you'd drown. <laughs> you'd yeah, like, I know. Yeah. You'd get tired waiting for someone to come. Oh, I guess you could flip to be eight, but then you'd like totally blow up that toilet. Mm-hmm. Right. So you'd have to go to the landfill. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, you got to think about it and go, hey, maybe, maybe you're big and you put like you fold a paper towel up like three or four times, set it there so that when you're small, you just do that. You know what I mean? Your business. I guess. I don't know. Why <laughs> oh, am I going? Like I went straight to, to poop. Scatological. I know. I know. It's a reality though, people. Come on. I think though at two and a half, two and a half inches, roughly whatever, two and a quarter, I'd be, it'd be awesome because I'd. I'd make like a Lego house for myself and all this kind of stuff. But how? How would you awesome. make a Lego house? I would for just do it as a. But I would do it as a two and a inch, two and a half inch person. No, that'd be like picking up a Volkswagen. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, not little pieces of Legos. Lego is like an inch. You're only two and a quarter inches tall. I pick up stuff that's half my size. All okay, the time. so you're building a house out of hay bales. You'd be exhausted. But I'd still do it. It's still possible. <laughs> how you get a ladder? They don't make ladders for two and a half. They make Lego ladders? You don't know enough about Legos. I think that's the problem in this scenario. But I can't. I couldn't do it as an 18-foot tall person. There's no way. It'd be like trying to build it out of a stack of needles or something because it'd be so small. You couldn't do it. But also yeah. the little bumps, the little things that make them snap together, yeah. that'd be like Ottomans everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to walk around avoiding just Ottomans everywhere. Oh, is a two-inch person? Yes. Yeah, maybe. Not really. They're not that big. They would probably be like right around your knee. That's how tall they would be. No, because it... Or maybe half, like mid-shin. No, no, no. Because a Lego person, a Lego person, most Legos are at quarter-inch scale. And I know I don't want to get back in this conversation we were having earlier about scale. A Lego person is like an inch and a half tall. And that's at a quarter-inch scale. And those things don't come up to their legs or right. to their knees. Fair point. Settle down. Yeah, what you're trying calm to say. down over there with the <laughs> Ottomans everywhere. Well, I didn't expect this conversation to go to Lego house. But I think that'd be cool. But otherwise, I do still think smaller a majority of the time because I don't know what else you're going to do. It's easier to be small in a big space than big in a small space, I think. Well, okay. If you start breaking your day down into eating, sleeping, 
not working because I don't think you can have a job with either of these things. <laughs> no. Not unless because the thing is, we go all right. We, we're just saying that society's going to accept eighteen foot Bob. All right, like that's like well, that guy's huge. You know, I could have a job. It would just be much different. I'd be taking place of a forklift or something. Yeah, you know, you'd, you'd have like, to. You'd be manual labor. Yeah, I'd be a loading dock guy. Or you could be a window washer, a genius, and you're like, well, I can't do surgery. I can't like get on AutoCAD. Yeah, I can't yeah. sit at a conference room table with everybody. I stand outside and be like the eyeball in the window <laughs> looking at the conference table. Because I think, okay, let's say that society is willing to accept two and a quarter inch Bob. Or 18 foot Bob, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not going to get put in a jar if I'm two and a quarter inches and I'm not going to get tranked <laughs> if I'm 18 foot Bob, right? Right. This is just, right? Yeah. I'm right? sorry, okay. but I just had this image of like Jurassic Park dinosaur getting tranked except it's you. <laughs> except you're it's like, Yeah. I get a little groggy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say that neither of those two things are going to happen. That was what I assumed, right? I was assuming this was going to be acceptable. Yeah. Not that there's all these other, yeah. you're, you're the only one. Let's say that you're like, well, I can be a practicing architect. I could like scrunch up as an 18 foot Bob and talk to somebody. But I think that people wouldn't listen to you. If you're that tiny, they're going to go, well, I'm not listening to you. Maybe. I think like, just, I think in real life, bigger people kind of have a gravitas to them that makes you think what they're saying is worth listening to. At least, you know, just like you expect, I don't mean like big, dumb brutes i'm thinking like if you were regular like you know i'm i'm regular size no one ever would confuse me as some big giant neanderthal of a guy Mm -hmm. right and if i'm proportionally scaled to be 18 foot i would still look like a regular person just super tall right okay as opposed to if i was an 18 foot guy that could be an offensive lineman in the nfl i got you you know what i mean yeah and so I think it's possible that people might not take you seriously. (laughs) (laughs) That was the whole point of that? Yeah. People might not take me seriously if I was 18 foot tall? No, if you're, if you're two and a quarter inches. Oh. Right. I think, I think that you would be a little intimidating at 18 foot. Right. And so I think you would, your existence would demand people's attention. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you're two and a quarter inches, I think you're easy to kind of go, whatever. Okay. So now I'm like totally gone down a completely different rabbit hole in that where I've made myself a human suit <laughs> you know have you ever seen those like where there's some little it's person. a robot yeah in it's the head. A, i'm inside the head but that's preposterous <laughs> oh yeah because <laughs> me being me going back and forth is not i know but or you know the fact that i make a robot that i sit in that technology doesn't exist and then i can control it and i'm a normal sized person yeah see i just beat it no that's ridiculous loophole it Mm-mm. that doesn't exist i think you could probably Again, I mean, I'm just following this ludicrous rabbit hole, but I could be a practicing architect. At two and a quarter inches, I could sit in front of a keyboard and like jump from key to key to make things happen. You would be wildly like they're like, Andrew's drawn three lines in the last 45 minutes. It doesn't matter. I could still do it. Yeah. And who would pay you for that? They would pay me because I'm so smart. No, because it's still you. <laughs> You're just smaller. No, but because I would be so smart at it. Your, your value drawing three lines in 45 minutes negates whatever brilliance you oh, think you have. Okay, fine. But I think you couldn't go to an office and work. Let's be practical. You have to go to the bathroom again. What are you going to do? You got to have like a really good friend at the office. Why? I just go over in the corner somewhere. And nobody's ever going to find it anyway. Two and a quarter inches. <laughs> I mean, someone's going to see you. They're going to go, 
why does he always walk behind the printer over there? He's <laughs> got a little cardboard box somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. With some shavings in it. Well, like I, was, I wasn't thinking that I would just go poop like on the floor. I was thinking like I would go to the bathroom and how does that work? Therefore, I can't work. That's where, I I, that's where my mind went. Not the, well, I go defecate behind some box like a rat. Although I, I do think if I was going to do it, I'd probably be, <laughs> I'm sorry, they're like a rat. My job would be as a big person. Yeah. Which again, you're manual labor guy. That's okay. It doesn't bother me. No, I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying like all of a sudden now you can't be an architect in this scenario. No, I could be a contractor of some sort. Man, you wouldn't have to have many arguments. Like you need to show up and do this. You need to go to level five and fix that janky outlet. What? You heard me. (laughs) Yes, sir. Or they're telling that to me and I'm like, man, I'm not feeling like it today. You, You go do it. No, they wouldn't hire you again. Let me pick you up you're and one put and, you on level five. You're Bonk. one and done. That's what you are. One and done. So we've decided that... Smaller is better. Vastly, the largest percentage of our time would be spent in our small our small bodies. I think so. There's a lot of stuff you got to figure out there. Yeah. I mean, I go, what do I, I got pets. Yeah, they would eat you. I do, was like, what's my cat going to do? Man, all four of my pets, I'd be done. And you know what? They the all. The first time you dropped to two and a quarter inches. That'd be sh- it. That'd be it. And you know what? I am the definite alpha in this house. All except for the one mean cat likes Kate better. Only because Kate doesn't mess with her. So she sleeps in Kate's bedroom. Hmm. That's my daughter. But all the other ones, man, I'm the big boss. As soon as I was two and a quarter inches, I'm the toy. And you know, <laughs> and they're dumb. They'd die. Yeah. I wouldn't like, hey, I could ride, sit on the back of my cat and like ride. No, they would kill me. Yeah, roll over and smush you. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd definitely have to have a, some kind of caretaker. Yeah, but how do you pay for the caretaker with your manual labor job? I don't know. No. I'd be famous. My job would be, I would be famous. Everyone wants to hear the story about how you can go from big to small? Sure. I'd be a carnival circus person. I guess you'd have to be small when you would go on like the Tonight Show or something. <laughs> Yeah. Right, just be on the edge of the they desk. They just have to zoom in on me really high. Yeah, because you were too big. You wouldn't fit on, like, they're like, you make everyone else uncomfortable. Probably. You just stick my head up through the back of the stage. <laughs> they would just sit you on the on the stage. You wouldn't even get to go sit on the couch. Yeah, but just think of all the green room food you'd be able to eat, and they're like, he didn't touch it. <laughs> and you've licked everything. <laughs> they're like, I'll just leave it. Leave for the next person. He didn't eat any of it. I'm like, I took a bite out of everything. <laughs> Because <laughs> then it's two and a quarter you? That's two and a quarter right. Well, but at the same time, right? I could go to a restaurant with somebody and they could get the $75 steak and I could have two bites and be good. <laughs> you know, I could split, split it. <laughs> okay. I think we've reached a point where I'm going to call today's show and that hypothetical a wrap. Thank you for being with us today for episode 47, Apps for Architects. We would also like to thank BQE for the support of this episode as well as our media partners, Building Design and Construction. If you liked today's episode, please take the next 15 seconds and head over to your favorite podcast listening app and hit that subscribe button so you can get so fresh they're still warm new episodes every two weeks. While you're there, and because you love what we do here, please go and leave us a five-star I Need an App to Tell Me About Apps rating. Be sure to visit the original lifeofanarchitect.com for show notes, links, info, and photos from today's episode. Be sure to stick around until the very end 
We tend to have bloopers at the end. Sometimes they're really worth listening to, but normally not. <laughs> but you might enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I like them. Yeah, sometimes. We try to pick the good ones. Maybe you will too. So thanks so much for tuning in. Cheers. Take it easy, everybody. Well, you don't know how much I'm going to try to shoot your wheels off. I don't know that I gave you a bunch to shoot off, so it's fine. Okay, well, we'll see. Now I have a goal. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. So all I can think of is I must have messed something up. Okay. But that seems really unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> Architects are using technology more and more with each passing day. God dang it, right out of the gate. I was like, there shouldn't be an and in there. And then there should be. It should be exactly the way I wrote it. All right, this is fascinating. I know, I know, we're really tearing it up here. And back to what we're supposed to be talking about. Okay, so, I mean, what's the point? I don't, I don't know. All right, thanks, folks. This is an aw- <laughs> That's the end of today's episode. This whole chunk probably needs to get cut out because we don't want to talk about what we don't know. Yeah. And how it may not exist. You also don't have to lean in as you say pages. Just there's so many P's in this episode. Anyway. Apps, apps, apps. Yeah, okay. So, so much P. I'm sorry. Just, uh, I've been, I've been trying to pee. pee, pee, pee. Anyway. I, I lost my thoughts now. Well.